Hey everyone, I'm James and this is Bill Toon Race Live and if you haven't yet, make sure you guys subscribe. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Dale Heiler from Castle Hill Performance down in Australia. He does a lot of EFI tuning on all sorts of cars. So hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. So for anybody that uh, doesn't know you, I mean, I know a little bit of background, but I'd like to know some more about you. What, uh, tell us about yourself. I mean, I know you tune and uh, you have a shop there in Australia and everything, but kind of give us some background on how you got started and all that, if you would. Yes, that's just yeah, the usual story. Yeah, you, you, your dad's into cars, and yeah, you follow your dad around everywhere doing everything. So, I sort of played with cars since I was born, basically, and, and that's sort of how it all started. And, you, know, you buy a car and you modify that car, and then you make that car go faster, and it just, it's just a, you know, the, the process from there, you know. So sure, absolutely. We got a shop here in Sydney. We got you know, four of us work here. Um, yeah, we do pretty much everything from. You know, basic servicing to um, you know full full race car builds, just depending on yeah you know, what the customer wants. Heck yeah! So uh, so the two main cars I guess I always see you posted with is the would be a Holden, right? It's kind of like yep. a GTO here in the states, and then the yep. RX three. Yep. So the well, the GTO is our, is our shop car. Uh, I'm the lucky one that gets to drive it, um, and we. Yeah, we're actually heading out to the track in a couple of hours with that this afternoon. So, um, and then the RX3, that's yeah, one of our mates' cars. It's um, it's been a good, good little car. A bit of a bad run with some luck on that one lately, but yeah, it's it's getting there. It's um, it's gone 677 and it's gone 211 mile an hour in the quarter on a 275 radial. So, it's it's pretty quick. What's that car weigh? Uh, that weighs exactly 3,000 pounds with a driver. Out. Uh-huh. So, Does it have an uh, air to water and stuff no, in it, no or is it methanol? Yeah, methanol, no any cooler. So it's yeah, it's, it's not a lightweight car. It's all steel, still got wind up windows in it. It's still, you know, doors open and closed, factory still glass, front and rear and side windows, everything's all glass. The only thing that's fiberglass on it is the nose cone and the, and the bonnet. Everything else is steel. So it's um, it's 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 not a race car by any stretch of the imagination. Like it. It probably shouldn't go as fast as it does. It's only got like a six-point roll cage in it and a few other bits and pieces. But, you know, the, sure. <laughs> the, the, you know, the guys that drive it, they, they love it, and that's all that matters. That's it. No, it's such a neat little car. It gets tons of attention. I uh, picked up a little RX-2 kind of watching that car. It got me excited. I found an RX-2 here in the States. I'm going to put more of a street car than that. But uh, yep. all the rotary guys don't like the idea of the V8 going in them no, they, older they cars. Hate they, they hate it. It's like... I reckon it's probably the most hated Mazda in the world, that car. It just does. Like, it was the fastest RX3 in the world, and then a guy in Puerto Rico with a 6.772 or something, they got a 6.776. So, you know, no, they were all happy because they, they beat it. But they got, like, a 32-14 you know, tyre and falling full chassis, this, that. And, you know, sure. Yeah, it's all part of it. Everybody's chasing everybody at some point. <laughs> hey, exactly. So Someone's what, always uh, going faster. It doesn't matter what it is. Someone is always going faster. So. Always, yeah. And now it's it's pretty crazy how many. Uh, I guess maybe with the internet and everything, now there's so many people in like Dubai or Australia or the U.S. and it's all they're all chasing the same records. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's worldwide now. Everyone just yeah, the internet's really opened up a whole new level of of competition really there's a, someone will always have one a record for the fastest 
blue Commodore Ute with two doors and a yeah, lift up back with an LS in it, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what's uh, what's in the blue car? Uh, it's got a big block Chevy in it now. It did have an LS in it. So, and then um, the engine in the RX-3 actually broke crankshaft. So we put the engine out of the Commodore into that. So, and then we thought, oh, we'll put a big block in the Commodore. So it's been pretty good. It's been pretty reliable so far. And, you know, we've had a few electrical gremlins, which we've got on top of now. So uh, last time out, we heard the gearbox. So that's been, been fixed. And then we'll go out this afternoon and hopefully run into the sixes, which is the aim of that. So it's been a, been a long time coming, but <laughs> hopefully today we can get it done. So Yeah, it's, it's a super neat car. I mean, uh, both of them are twin turbo conventional type setups do you do a lot of tuning on uh nitrous is nitrous big down there too and so no, like that or not really nitrous isn't very big in australia there's a few few nitrous cars here but it's you know 12 14 bucks a pound so um wow most people aren't it's just too expensive so it might be five yeah probably five or six you know quick nitrous cars here that's about it so most yeah, of the nitrous shooting stuff i've done has been on cars in the states so so now you have a right there where you guys are at at your shop. You said you do car builds and everything else. You have a dyno right there on hand too, right? Yep, You'll yep. do tuning yep, on pretty much everything. Or? Yep, we got a four drive Dynodynamics dyno here. We've got um, yeah, we've got a full fab shop, so we can fabricate pretty much anything. Uh, Chris, our fabricator, he's he's very good. Um, so yeah, we can pretty much build build anything. So. That's awesome. What, uh, both cars that you tune, like the, I guess they both have Haltech, right? Yep. yep. Is that kind of your go-to system or you don't really care? Or is that kind of the uh, one you know the best? We, we tune everything, but the Haltech hmm. is our, is our main system that we use. Um, so yeah, they're literally 25 minutes down the road to us. Um, I've got a very good relationship with the, with the guys at Haltech. So, that is our, our go-to system that we use, but we, we tune anything. You know, there's not a lot of cars here with Holly, but we've tuned car, you know, cars and boats here with Holly, Fast, you know, Ultronic, Motec, you know, Old Haltex, sure. everything like that. You know, we do pretty much everything. You know, a lot of OEM reflashing, that's probably the biggest the biggest you know thing at the moment is you know, reflashing factory computers and you know, GM. You know, everyone's, sure. Everyone reflashes the GM stuff, so... That's probably uh, yeah. the biggest, biggest thing we do. Because all that's pretty much the same, right? The GM computers from here to yep. there, it's all the same yep. setups and everything. Yeah, so just HP tuners, EFI Live, or yeah, whichever one you choose to use, it's all, all the same stuff as what you guys have got out yeah, there. Absolutely. <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, so what else are you guys working on? What's some projects or things coming up? Yeah, we've got a pretty cool car here at the moment that we're working on. It's like a 2010 uh, Pro Stock car from the States, so full carbon body, all the bits and pieces. Wow. It's got a, put a twin turbo LS in that. It's got a pair of Gen 2 Garrett 88 millimeters on it. Um, it it's, it'll be about 2,100 pounds thereabouts, ready to race. So wow. it'll be, uh, it, should, it should be the fastest um, LS powered car in the country when it's done. Uh, it's probably about 
four months off being ready to race. So, wow, it, it, it's actually so. Cool. How, how many tracks do you have to go to? How many tracks? Yeah, how many drag strips um, do you have there close to you? So we've got one about 20 minutes away from here, which is like Sydney Dragway, and then the next closest one's 12 hours north or 12 hours south. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you got a bit of a drive then there. Yeah, it's definitely, we're not as lucky as you guys where you've got one every, you know, every 100 miles there's a track. You know, here, there. We've got four main, five main tracks in Australia. And that's that's about it, one in every state. And then you've got, you've got a couple of little regional tracks around, but they're, um, yeah, they're not very, nothing like you guys have got there. You guys have got it really lucky. So. Sure. What, uh, which track is it that holds, like when 1320 comes, they videoed you guys with RX3 and all that stuff. What uh, what track is that? Is that the one that's yeah, close that to you? Yeah, that was in Sydney. So, yeah, that was in gotcha. Sydney. So. Now, how far is that from uh, where they have, like, the summer nets and stuff like that? Uh, so, Canberra is about two and a half hours south. So, it's not too far. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I want to make it out there one of these years. That's a pretty crazy event. But then I'd want to go check out the drag strip in two while – while being out there, it'd be pretty yep. neat. So you'll fly, you'll fly into Sydney when you fly over, and then so the drag strip's probably an hour and a half drive from the airport, and then you know two two and a half hours down to Canberra from there. So yeah, that's not bad then. Yeah, some of that's pretty good. It's nice and hot, and plenty plenty of tough Do cars. Do you go to those events? Yeah, I went I went to Summer Nats last year, and that was the first time since Summer Nats '17, I think I've been. That was say wow. 15 years or something since I've been before that. It's too hot down there. It's, it gets like 110, 115 degrees every day. So, it's terribly hot. Man. You gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've seen it once, you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go through all that again. Yeah, no, I get it. I've been for so long. And then you know, one of my good mates is the marketing manager for Summit Ads. And he said, come down, come down. And Haltech said, come down and help out on our stand for a couple of days. I'm like, yeah, oh, let's go. You know, I, like, I like helping out on the trade stands. It's good fun talking to people. And, Talk, you see a lot of people that you know that you don't see very often, and they all come and um, you know, have a chat. It's a pretty good couple of days. You know. it's good fun. Yeah, absolutely. What the? Now you do a couple cars here in the states, right? A couple uh, like Joe off of Street Outlaws. Yep. Or you've worked on his car and stuff. Yeah, we did a fair bit on his. We originally did the nitrous, like when we converted that to fuel injection when it was nitrous. Um, sure. That was yeah, interesting. Yeah, nitrous is a bit of a, it's a, you know, you get it right, it's all good, you get it wrong, and it, it, it sprays the distance from one side of the track to the other, so, sure. um, it wasn't too bad, yeah, a few issues, and a, you know, a couple of things, and then we decided to go turbo on that, so, it's been turbo now for a couple of years, and he hasn't had the best of luck lately, but, you know, everyone's probably seen all the, all the issues that he has over the time, and most of it was all back to time schedules that those guys have to keep people don't understand that they film two or three nights a week so if something goes wrong with the car they get one day to fix it before they've got to be filming again so like they're filming season sure. 11 at the moment they race last night and they're racing tomorrow night so when they get yeah. it's pretty crazy yeah so touch wood so far this this season he, he bought an engine from like mike henson and henson racing engines so he bought the old engine out of Plan B. He's put that in his car, put a pair of 98 millimeter Pro mods on it, um, and it's been so far. It's been it's been good. It's been going really well. So hopefully it, it continues to go well, and it'll be it'll be a good season. So 
So now has, has he kind of picked up on some of the tuning stuff, or do you? I mean, are you in constant contact with looking over yeah, data and everything? I speak to him probably ten times a day. But he's um, he does he makes the calls on how much power to put in the car now. Like he's done a lot of passes in that car since it's been turbo. So and he's a chassis builder, so he does all his own chassis work. He does all his own piping, does everything. So sure, he um, yeah, he gets to he does it all himself. So he makes all his own calls on um, on how much power to put in it, and he, he does it. So, you know, he's, he's actually, he, he's picked it up from not having any clue at all, like two and a half, three years ago about EFI. He could now, you know, set up his car from scratch. He can set his own, you know, base ignition timing. He can set up a fuel map. He can set up a boost boost table. He can do everything himself. He's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty switched on, and he... Um, yeah, he still has to ring every now and again if he's got a, a tricky problem or something like that. But most of the time, he's he's pretty on the ball. So. Yeah, and so I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize uh, when they're kind of getting into the aftermarket is all, a lot of the standalone ECUs now have it all built in, the boost controllers built in. like So it makes everything a lot easier to access all in one program, unless you choose to do it otherwise. But Yeah, yeah so everything on that all car there. is all, all done through like one USB cable, so... You know, there's there's one interface and he controls the whole car, so it does everything gearbox bump, um, which you know, he's had issues with that over the years, but it's it's all rectified now. Um, you know, his boost control, his torque management, traction control, all that stuff is all all done through through one one USB cable, which makes it it makes it easy because you can look at your data and you can look at your at your tune and overlay the two and see exactly what's going on. So. Absolutely. Now, I saw uh, Frank. So I don't want to mess up his last name. He has the really cool uh, wagon. I guess you guys were looking for a dyno here in the States or something. Yeah, that's uh, Frank Stefanaro. So I'm, uh, I'm actually doing drag week with Frank this year in that car. So Oh, that'll uh, be cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that, that's a quick car. He's run a 462, I think it's called. Wow. Um, it's 3,800 pounds, big block. Uh, it's got a Haltech on it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a quick car. So we want to... Um, Run pretty quick with that car at Drag Week, so he's um, done some pretty tricky fuel system bits and pieces over the winter and given it a freshen up and all that sort of stuff. So it's it should be um, it should be good fun, I reckon. I keep hearing about this at Drag Week and how you know, it's so hot and this, but it's got air conditioning and everything in it, so it shouldn't be too much of a drama. So you've never been to it, I take it. No, I've never been to Drag Week. I wanted to do it for for a long time, obviously, but um, you know it, it's one of those things it's always hard to coordinate everything to send a car from here is so expensive and then last year frank said come do drag week with me i'm like yep all right i'm in i'm done so let's do it so ready to go so (laughs) hopefully all goes smooth uh some of the drag week stories i've heard are some of the best stories but probably not at the time of doing it but they end up being good yeah Touch wood, that car has been um, has, has served Frank pretty well. It's been pretty reliable. It, it doesn't eat itself up, and it doesn't hurt hurt many parts. So it's um, it, it should be all right. It should be a good good week, I hope. So anyway, it's going to be fun either way, whether the, the car is working properly or not. It's still going to be a fun week. So. Yeah. yeah, there's a few other guys that from Australia that travel over and do the do the event, and yeah, it's kind I of a world thing. From Queensland, he sent in a car. Uh, a couple of his his 
customers are sending cars over and other mates sending the car over. So it's um, it's, it should be good. There should be there'll be a lot of Aussies there this year. So that's cool. Yeah, that's it, too bad. Not something like uh, like you said. You'd have to have enough tracks and everything else close enough. So something like that's really not even plausible there, I guess. But uh, down in Melbourne, there's a couple of regional tracks, and they're they're doing a, a sort of drag week style thing. But we can't have cars on the road like you guys have. Like oh, that's there. right. Yeah, so you try to drive a promo down the street. You know, it's yeah, you, they don't look too kindly on it, and you get into a fair bit of trouble. So. It's definitely not. So what is kind of the laws and rules for anybody that doesn't know? Because I, I forgot it is. It's totally different over there, right? Uh, spin the tires, go to jail. That's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I see. Yeah, you can't do anything. So you got to be internal. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, take your license and your car off you if you're caught racing. Yeah, if you get caught twice, they'll crush your car. Um, wow. Your car's too low, they'll defect it off the road and things like that. So it, it's pretty tough. It's... Having a fast yeah. street car now is not you know, something that you really have over here. A lot of people still have them, but you got to be careful because otherwise you end up getting uh, just defected off the road. So Sure. So it seems like a lot of people here in the States are trying to build more of that over the last few years, that street car type. But like you're saying over there, it's it's still cool, but it, like building a real drag car that's specific would be a little bit more when you got to be that careful, I guess, on the road. Yeah. You can't, you can't, it's hard to have a crossover between a drag car and a street car. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. But, you know, like we just finished building like an old 69 Camaro, like it's a macular car. We come over with a big block in it. Yeah, we twin turboed it and yeah, put a turbo 400 in it. And that's probably about as, as far as you can go while keeping it sort of driving on the road without getting into too much trouble. You know, everything's under the bonnet. It all fits nice it's not loud yeah it's on airbag suspension and stuff but it's all got that ride leveling control in it so cruising around it's not on its, on the ground and all that sort of stuff so that's probably about as far as you can take it without going too far but that's probably still realistically that car you know it may near on a thousand at the tires just on wow. 85 as it drives it every day so that that car will probably run like a mid nine 950 or something like that so yeah that's, that's about as good as you can get. Yeah, so there's still plenty. You just got to be a little more careful, I guess, about it. That's what's yeah. part of the difference. <laughs> yeah, stupid, it's crazy just the difference in uh, in you living in Australia and what you have to deal with and people over here to have no idea what the differences are or anything like that. So. No, like you, you go driving through like Dallas or Oklahoma or something and there's literally guys driving down the road in full-on full race cars and you're just like, Wow, that's that's cool. You know, you, just, you don't see that. Here. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, you guys have definitely got it got it a lot better than us in that department over there. Sure. So, are you planning on um, coming? Are you just planning on coming over and tuning on his car before Drag Week? Is that what the kind um, of? I, Frank's going to race Yellow Bullet Nationals the week before Drag Week. Um, oh, okay. Flights booked to come after that. But I'm thinking, depending on, there's a couple of race meets here at, the, at that exact time. So, depending on what happens with you know, our car and the RX3 and a few other cars, depending on what's going on with them and which race they're all going to race, uh, I may move my flight forward and do Yellow Bullet Nationals with Frank and then um, and then go you know, do drag week and then head over to Oklahoma for a week. But just depending on 
on what happens, I'll, I'll work that out as the time gets closer. So Yeah, it's always, uh, you're always kind of on the edge, I guess, if the car's good to go or not, or who's ready yeah. and what races are coming. And So we've got radios on our on our Commodore at the moment, but we've got a, it's like the oh, okay. first time ever in Australia, there's like a, a race car with a $50,000 prize money. So wow. um, I probably won't turn up to that race with radials on. I'll probably have sure. like a, a 34 17 or something on the back. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, it's eight miles, middle of winter. I think just a big tyre is going to be a better, better call for that one. So, uh, sure. We still got everything. It used to have big tyres on it, so I've still got all the wheels and everything to put, a, put the big tyres back on. So I'll probably do that. If I do that, I may leave them on. And So it, it just depends on what happens. It depends on what um, races we'll do in September. You know, and then Very cool. So I had a couple questions come through. I'll uh, shoot them to you and see what you yeah. think. Uh, some tuning stuff, I always tell people it's always specific to their combo or whatever, but you try to give them the best advice on what they're they're doing. Yeah. But uh, some things I've dealt with here and some guys that have switched over from older setups to EFI and everything else is a big thing. Is like, is it really that hard? What's all does it take? What are some things to watch for? You know, just so what's your general advice to people that are looking to switch over to EFI? Well, if they want to tune the car themselves, then they need to, they need to purchase the, the product from someone who's going to help them. Because if you've got a carburetor and like a MSC 6A or something like that on your car and you're trying to set it up for EFI, you are going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. So if you buy it from someone who can help you, then it generally makes the transition a lot simpler. But yeah, the basic tuning principles are still the same. Like a bigger number in the fuel map is more fuel. So it's just like putting a bigger jet in your car. Or, you know, an ignition number is, is an ignition number the same as what they're used to see. So the actual tuning of it is not much different, but it's understanding of how the software works and all that is, is what they're probably going to have the biggest, the biggest issue with. Um, sure. But if they purchase it from someone who can help them, then generally... The, the, the issues aren't that large, you Yeah, it's definitely getting easier with some of the self-learn features and everything else and some of the computers and everything. It's Yeah, like everybody you know, reads self-learning. And, and the Holly both have pretty good self-learning stuff that, you know, when you can just right. type, tell it what air fuel you want and it will tune itself for you, drive, go drive it for 20 minutes and it's pretty much done, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I've told, told some people. And uh, I think a lot of people are just scared of the computer, learning it and understanding it. But then whenever you show them the data and how they can watch all the data, they really like that part of it too. So, Yeah, that's, that's sort of what to, like, Dominator was the hardest thing with him was just trying to go, well, you need to sit down and spend you know, hours just looking at things, going over data, doing this, doing that. Once you do that, you start to understand how everything works and then it all sort of just goes from there. You know? If you've got the time to sit down and do it, you'll be able to do it. If you try and rush it, then you're going to struggle. Right, yeah. So um, another guy asked, are there major differences in the tune-up for a turbo setup as there would be for a pro-charge setup? Oh, yeah. So are, do you... Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely the, a lot uh... different. Yeah, so he says, are the timing curves and fuel curves similar? I, I would say because the linear power, because the power charger is totally different, right? Yeah, but a, ma a, a map sensor-based ECU will will take care of all that. You know, sure. If you're pro-charging, your boost sort of comes up, turbo, you get the big 
big rush of torque as the turbos come on. Uh, a turbocharger will, generally speaking, on most engines, will have a lot less ignition timing in it than it will with a procharger. Um, yeah, that all depends on your fuel and your compression and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, generally, a turbo will have a lot less ignition timing in it. Um, but the fuel, the fuel tables will will be very similar. Most of these new VE-based tuning systems uh, will actually like you, 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 you fuel curve will be, you know, the, the power delivery of the engine, so, or the torque curve of the engine, so, um, yes, a procharger will keep, the, the torque curve will go longer because the boost climbs as you rev, um, but all in all, the, the fuel is very similar, but the ignition timing will be way different. So, something that you touched on there that um, I kind of understand, but a lot of people might not, what's the main differences between, uh, I guess what's the older, the fuel-based and then the VE-based, yep. like pounds so, per hour based and VE. So injection time, so injection milliseconds is still, some ECUs still use that uh, VE, which is the volumetric efficiency of the engine. And then you've got you know, pounds per hour, which is like um, fast, uh, holly, you can switch between pounds per hour and VE fairly easily. Um yeah, things like some fuel tech will still use injection time or VE if you wanted to, depending on you know, how you set it up. But um, VE is generally the easiest because the ECU is calculating how much fuel delivery the engine should have. Um, so you can get an engine running very quick on VE. Because, you know, most of them will idle at about 50%. Most of them will be you know, between 90 and 110 at full throttle. So providing you feed all the correct information into the ECU the ECU does the correct thing with that information, then your fuel maps are generally sure. fairly simple. So, so whenever whenever you get a chance, um, do you usually use VE? Yeah, that... yeah. Well, most of the ECUs these days do VE, like your factory GM, you know, early mod, like right. between 99 and 05, they're all in VE. Um, so it's, it's the easiest, easiest way to do it. Um, it just it works, and as long as you give the ECU the right information, it, it's a very simple way to tune. So I I have a Holly in my car. Uh, it makes around a thousand with an LS and a turbo. Can I switch right over to VE, or do you have to completely rebuild that map again? I'm not that up on swapping between maps sure. on a Holly because we don't. As I said, there's only there's not very True. many. I think I've tuned about five or six of them, but I've always put them in VE you. before I before I've tuned them. Um, gotcha. I don't, I think you sure if you just click the button to switch it to VE, it'll just swap it over and it'll keep running. I might just swap. I'm, not, yeah, I'll have I'm to pretty play sure with the Holly is just calculated VE. It's not, um, I think it still actually refers to the pounds an hour and converts numbers. And oh, I see. Does things like that. So. Yeah, it makes sense. Very cool. Do you have a lot of ProCharger setups over there? Um, or is it mostly just mostly, tur mostly like on the GM stuff, mostly either turbo or like a, set amount of blower, so like a Harrop or a Magnuson uh, and things like that. Pro charges, not huge over here. You know, I've maybe done 10 or 15 over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, wow. A lot of people get Vortex because the company here that brings in Vortex and makes kits for them. Um, you do a few of them, okay. but yeah, mo mostly the set amount of blowers are the, are the big thing over here at the moment. You know, just basically for ease of fitment, you just take the intake manifold off, drop the blower on, comes with the injectors and everything all in it, hook up your fuel lines and away you go. So, yeah, do that. for sure. Get it all done in a day. So. <laughs> yeah. 
So, because you guys will do all that, right? If somebody brings you a stock car and they're like, put this yeah. on, tune it, and send it back, you, yeah, that yep, makes that's it nice. Cool. Yeah, that's so, and then, uh, yeah. Another question I had was how much, uh, so a little background, the guy has, do you have the Coyote engine over there, like in the Ford yep. Mustangs and stuff? Yep, okay. Yep. So that's kind of what he has. It's like a 16 uh, Mustang. And he says, how much more timing can you see uh, with nitrous on like an E70 or an E, uh, E70 or a 91, like pump gas tune? Yeah. You usually so, see a lot the gain? On a, yeah. I haven't done a Coyote with nitrous. As I said, nitrous isn't a big thing over here, but a lot of the, the I've done a lot of LSs with nitrous. Um, sure. If you're Generally, if you're using E85 and nitrous, you don't have to pull much timing out at all, if any. Um, yeah. Even spraying 150, 200 horsepower, you're, you're still very close to your, your normally aspirated like 91 octane numbers. Um, I haven't sprayed any more than 200 on E85. Everything I've sprayed more than that has had C16 or C23 in it. Um, sure. yeah. But... Yeah, on the flex fuel cars here, the GM ones, if you want to spray nitrous on it, just fill it up with E85 and spray it. Yeah, it's generally, the timing numbers are almost identical. So, When you're trying to tune on those, are you just watching to make sure you're staying away from any sort of knock coming in? Yeah, generally, like if, if you're doing it on 91 and you wanted to spray 200 on 91, I'd probably pull, you know, six to eight degrees of timing sure. straight away. Um and then just see what it did. So generally, you'll put two degrees in, and it won't make much power. So you know you're, you're pretty close to where you're at. And then just put a new right. plug in it, rip a plug out, and have a look and see what it's doing. Gotcha. So what type of dyno do you guys have? Is it a? We've got a dyno dynamics. Okay. So it's dyno a small roller. Yeah, small roller eddy current retarder on it. So very cool. Pretty well. So you've used that. Have you had that for quite a while? Use. We got our first dynodynamics dyno in 2005, I think. So this, right. this is our third one. So we had, uh, had an old second-hand two-wheel drive, and then we upgraded to a brand-new two-wheel drive, and now this is a four-wheel drive. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty good thing. It's Give you something good. to play with. Yeah, it's, it's been good. We've had this for five or six years now, and uh, it's been a, been a really good thing. So when uh, when people are looking for tuners or talking about tuning and stuff, uh, a big thing's having an eddy brake, right? So you can really look at certain areas on the car and control the car better than like an inertia dyno or whatever. Yeah, so we or, can do a, a run on like a yeah, say your six hundred horsepower street car. We can do a pull that is two seconds long, or we can do a pull that's twenty two seconds long. Um, and you know the eddy current, you can really control exactly how the, the ramp is and. Uh, these dynamics have really good load control, so it will literally draw, like a, if you look at the, the speed acceleration, it draws a nice straight line. Like, it's re they're really nice. Uh, whereas a, uh, like, inertia dyno, yeah, you're limited by the weight of the drum. So, yeah, if you put a 200 horsepower car on it, yeah, it might have a 20 second pull. If you put a 1,000 horsepower car on it, it's only a two second pull. You know? Yeah, I see. Now, does that, that only works up to about a certain horsepower, right? And then you'll just start heating up the brake. Yeah, but, look, anything, realistically, a 1,000 horsepower is about it on this dyno. Yeah, you can strap them down and hold them tighter and do all that, but it's generally a 1,000 horsepower is about as good as you get. So. Very cool. 
Well, I was trying to see if there's anything else. If anybody watching has any questions, um, go ahead and throw them in there, and we can go over that. I see a lot of people talking about RX-7s and everything else. So. Yeah, I had an RX-7 many years ago, back in the day. I think everyone's had a rotary at some point in their life. You know, generally, the best day of your life is the day you sell your rotary. So, yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you tune on some of the rotary cars over there? Look, I've got a couple of mates that have them, and I do their cars. But these days, I'm not really rotaries uh i got a mate that just moved over from new zealand and they got a shop here now so if any, any they do anything i just send it over to him you know? so it's just yeah we got, we're pretty blessed we've got a lot of good rotary people here we've got pack performance we've got maztec down in melbourne we've got you know, cbr garage which is brent who just come over from new zealand you know we if i don't need to do them if i got something to send it to one of them yeah you know, that's what they do every day it's just easy. I've actually got my foot sitting on an eccentric shaft down here on the floor now. And, <laughs> you know, but it's just an engine out of a mate's car, but I don't, yeah, I'm not really that interested in doing them there. Bernie saying, bullshit, you'll do mine. Yeah, probably will, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but if someone rings up the phone and on the phone and says, oh, I've got an RX-7 or I've got a rotary, I need, need it done, I want to tune, I'll say, nah, mate, just give, give you know, Rocky a pack or Brent at CBR a call and, take it over there and get it all done, you know. Sure. What, uh, when somebody has an EFI car, what do you suggest as far as, like, maintenance to the injectors? And you, you recommend that they clean those pretty often in, like, race cars or higher-end setups? Yeah, so if it's just a, it's a street car and you're using pump gas and you're driving around, generally you, you won't have an issue. Um, sure. If you're using E85 or, or methanol and the car sits... If you use like a Bosch style injector, then yes, you need to be on the maintenance with them because they will stick shut and they will cause you problems. So as soon as that injector dries out and all the fuel is, is gone out of it, that's it. It's going to be stuck. So um, you need to pull the injectors or start the car every week. You know, you need to do something. On them. You can't just let them sit. So I generally on a methanol car, I pull them out and then fill them with WD-40, sit them in a jar so that they don't dry out and then... I will generally flow them before we put it back in the car uh, and make sure they're all good. And then yeah, you generally don't have an issue. But if you, if you let them sit and let them dry out, then you will have problems. It's not not if you'll have problems, you will. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I I learned it. I uh, ran the same set of injectors on E for a year and a half. And then it one of them went pretty dirty and I have a piston to show for it now. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, 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 look, it does happen. And it's just the nature of the, the beast, you need such mm -hmm. large injectors to make, you know, a thousand horsepower on an LS, you're going to need 2,000 cc injectors or at least 1,700 right. to, make, to make the power. So those style injectors are not made to, to punch fuel. They're made to flow gas. So um, they need, like, literally to, to flow liquid liquid gas, so like LPG. Right. So you need to, they're not, they're out of their design spec, so you need to keep an eye on them and, so don't cheap out on injectors when you're going and going to higher end fuels for sure, huh? Yeah, injectors are they're a thing that you're going to talk to 15 different tuners and 15 different tuners are going to give you 15 different answers on on what injectors are their favourite. You know, sure. we generally have to work with what's in the car. So yeah, we've got injector flow bench you can see there behind me. So we'll flow injectors yeah. and, and check them and make sure that they're that they're doing what they're supposed to. But if they've already got $2,000 worth of injectors, you're not going to want to 
they're, or they're not going to pay two thousand dollars for a different brand because you generally use the other brand. So sure. you just got to make do with, with everything. And you, you read all these Facebook pages with all these tuna pages, and everyone's saying, "Oh, this injector didn't come with data, so I can't can't tune with it." I'm like, "Well, fucking ten years ago, we didn't have injector data. Like, you just you have to learn how to how to work out." what dead times to put in it and things like that. You know? These people these days, they don't realise how easy they've got it with just, you know, you buy a set of injectors, it comes with a piece of paper, it says put these numbers in it and it will work. Sure. But, yeah, you know, even the numbers that most of the injectors come with, they're still not 100%. So, I you know, the dead times are, are given off a X brand ECU, X factory at X voltage with X power supply. You need to still fine-tune the setup. So, and that's so cool. does that? So I guess that would change quite a bit, right? When you're talking like a 12 volt or 16 volt race setup, the injectors yep. would do different things. Yeah, 100. Sure. Well, the, the dead times on 16 volts are way different than they are on, on 12. So, um, it's just something you just have to to learn to do. And uh, a lot of these copy and paste tuners, they can't really get that stuff done, you know. Sure, and that's uh. I guess that's what kind of sets everybody apart, right? Is like, how far are you willing to go into the tune? Like you said, copy and paste. People just send tunes that'll work, but are you really going to go in and make sure it's right on the money? Yeah, these days, like with the, like, like yeah, I buy HP Tuner dongle for 700 bucks or whatever it is, and yeah, they suck yeah. a file out of someone's car, and they go, oh, this is good. We'll just flash that into everyone else's car, you know? Like, yeah, there's guys that, flash them out on the road out here and they don't dine on them. They don't do anything. They don't check them. They just go, oh, yeah, it should be right. Send it. You know? So, <laughs> sure. That's probably, that's probably a problem worldwide. It's probably not just here in Sydney. It's everywhere in the world. You know? So. Yeah. I, I see. I think I see a lot of that. I mean, it's everywhere, but especially with a lot of people I hear about, like, tuning their diesel trucks, they – they order it and it has their three tunes that they tuned one truck on and it just works. They just throw it in every other truck on the road, but. Yeah, that's the diesel tuning is another whole ball game. Like, that's, that's not a, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a story for another time. <laughs> 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 no, we, we, do, we do a few days, we don't do too many, but yeah, a lot of people literally just buy a file, flash it in. Yep, thanks for coming. So, yeah. Right. Cool. So what are you guys going to work on? I know you're heading to the track. We'll let you go here in a minute. Uh, what What's the plan for today with the car? Yeah, we're just going, taking the Commodore out this afternoon just to we've got track high from 3 to 9 p.m. So it'll be relatively hot till probably 5, 6 o'clock, and then the track should be killer yeah. after that. So I don't know, Paul Mahay went a 5.50 or 5.60 last night in his, in his pro mod. So the track's there. So it, um, it should be should be a good day. So. So just go out there and keep chipping away at what you what you're working on, huh? Mate, we just we just want to run a run a six in that in that Commodore. Like, been trying for a few years now to do it. So it's gone seven oh two. So it's oh. but look, we had we had an electrical drama that was causing a misfire. As soon as the boost go over thirty pounds, I think it started missing. Um, and that was a, it was a bloody earth lead on the isolator switch had corroded and it literally just pulled out. So. That's all fixed now. All new earth leads and everything through the car because that, that we built that car eight, nine years ago. So 
they were all the original Earth leads, so it's got a whole new set in it now. So it should be should be right. So we went out last what, three four weeks ago, and then it, it hurt the box there, but it didn't didn't miss or carry on. So it should be should be should be on the money today, hopefully. Very cool. So you went seven hundred two with the combo that's in it right now, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but it just it was doing that. Uh, had a miss as soon as you turned the power up. So, yeah, you turn the boost down and it doesn't miss, but <laughs> it wasn't going very fast. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Look, if we can go six anything, it's sort of over two hundred and fourteen mile an hour. I'll be pretty happy. So, absolutely. Man. Yeah, it's it's a big heavy car and it's not really set up perfect for radials. It's a little bit too heavy on the nose. So, it's um. You can't hit it with a lot of horsepower off the start line, but uh, we'll chip away at it and, and get Do it. You, and we, uh, have, we don't have tracks like you guys have for, for radials. Like they, they don't put you know, 10 drums of glue on a track out here, you know, so we can... Sure. You know, yeah, it's just it's a different ball game compared to what you guys have got. So Yeah. Yeah, some of the tracks they get they get pretty crazy here, uh, and then when they're not there, you see that everybody's off on their game because it doesn't it doesn't yep. work the same. So. Yeah, like the quick, quickest radial car here, I think he's a four oh eight in the eight, four oh six maybe. Cool. So, yeah, so it's it's a high four zero. So it's um yeah, that's a, a screw blown. Yeah. Oh wow. So it's it's not um and that that is on a. The, track in Queensland, they have radial days where they prep the track for just radial prep. Um, so we're, we're still a fair way off on the, on the ball game on, on radials. But Sure. Do you even uh, really put the high horsepower cars on the dyno for like basic shake, shakedown stuff before you go to the track? Um, yeah, not on this dyno here. Like we can't hold hold the power. So I generally go and rent a, a hub dyno to do a tight right. main line. Uh, has been pretty good to us and let us use his. And then, yeah, Michael bagged that in the Motorsports and we used his as well. Um, yeah, most of the guys in the tune shops over here, we all talk to each other. We all get on. Well, people probably think sure. that we don't, but we all, we all talk to each other and we all, we all know each other and we all help each other out whenever we can. So, you know, I've got guys from other tune shops come here and use our dyno and then I go to other tune shops and use their dyno. Like, so there's, there's enough hub dynos around Very here cool. that we, we can rent to go and do what we need to do. We don't really have enough room here to put a hub dyno in. So, yeah, one of these days we'll get a bigger shop and then we'll yeah, have a bit more room to, to put one in. So, Yeah, I, uh, PRI two years ago or whatever, I saw Joel Belowski from here in the States. He got that big mainline hub dyno and that thing's yeah, he's got pretty crazy pieces there. Horsepower one from yeah. So, yeah, it's, so it's massive. USA, he's got the 3,000 horsepower one there in Kentucky now. So, and there's Chris oh. at Wichita Dino. He's got one. So there's, there's there's getting to be a few of those hub dyes. You got Tony mm. Marlowe's got a five thousand horsepower one as well. Um, so yeah, around that middle middle area in the US, there's there's quite a fair few. So um, I know Todd's going to be working now that he's got all that whole legal bullshit out of the way. He's going to start working on on selling some more over there. So hopefully they'll end up on each on each coast and it'll be be well covered. And then for cars like Frank's where we need one, you know, we can go and right. go, and, go and find one without having to drive eight or nine hours either way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. 
Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate your info and you spending some time here talking to me and chatting. I get real interested in all the EFI stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, no problems. Yeah, anytime you need. So if anybody, uh, yeah, absolutely. If anybody wants to find out more about you, what you, what's all your social media outlets or where can they see some of your stuff at? Yeah, so the easiest one, obviously, is Carsteel Exhaust and Performance. That's our main Facebook page. And then I've got, got a little one there, Tune by Dale. I just put some stuff up every now and again, what I'm doing in the U.S. or in the U. there and everywhere. Uh, Instagram, the same the same pages. Um, I'm pretty average on Instagram. I don't get on there very often, but um, sure. it's a bit too hard. And I don't have a lot of time to, to, to deal with all, like, a lot of social media stuff. But, yeah, Facebook, I'm more active on Facebook anywhere else than yeah, and our Castle Hill page, we put a lot, yeah, our general day-to-day jobs that we're doing, we put up on there, and so I can sort of keep an eye on what's going on there. So. Very cool. Well, if you guys would, please uh, please go follow him and give him some support, and uh, we appreciate you getting on here, and maybe we can do this again sometime. Yeah, no problems. All right, man, have a good day, and uh, good luck you at too. the track. Thank you. See ya.